0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. So, I'm not Pastor Wanzel. For those of you who may be new, um, I'm not Pastor Wanzel or Pastor Tina. Um, But right now, I know Pastor Wanzel is off. with his daughter at her volleyball. And I know that you can, let's give a little bit of noise for that, a little round of applause for that. And here's why, because it takes a lot to be able to lead a family and lead a ministry and lead a business. And it requires, to whom much is given, much is required, but it requires a lot of your person and places a great demand on you. And I appreciate the fact that today he said, Today is daddy duties, and so um, he calls me boss. Boss, if you could speak, that would be great. So I initially thought that um, I was speaking because Pastor Wanzel asked me to, but the assignment for today has come into focus as we've gone through the worship service. I thought that it's just, you know, he's off with Kennedy doing what he needs to do, which is great and awesome, and so I just need to be in his stead, but the assignment for today has come into focus as we've gone throughout the worship experience this morning, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> I'm a goer, so I'm gonna go with it. I have lots of notes. Um, some of them I'm gonna skip over right now. I'm gonna go straight to the title for today's message, which is, "Be present for the holidays." Amen. Be present for the holidays. And I'm going to go right there because that obviously is a message, but it has come so into focus today as we have been worshiping and as even before worship went forward, before the singing went forward, we started to just thank him and we started to just open up our hearts and express gratitude. That's the position that he needs us in for today, before the holidays, and then for beyond the holidays Why? Because Pastor Martin just started to um, step on my message as he was standing here because he was saying that people are leaving. And there are young people leaving and there are older people leaving and there are people who have a diagnosis and there are people who just don't continue on with their day as planned. And I'm not saying this to try to press upon your emotions because I don't really have the time to do that this morning. I'm saying it because it brings into focus why God is saying we have to be present for the holidays. I would imagine as I think back on, and this has just been really sitting with me just since it happened, but the, the shooting in Texas with all those little babies who unfortunately were killed, um, the mass shooting, and I think about their parents. I think about this being their first holiday without them. And I think, you know, if they knew last Christmas what they know this Christmas, would they have been more present for the holidays? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that they didn't have great holidays. I'm sure that they did. But there is something that happens when you have a sense of um, I don't know what's next or I do know what's next and it's not good. There is a certain locked in that you get into the moment. Right? So all that set up to say today, we're going to spend some time talking about being present for the holidays. To be present, just to give a definition, means you are focused and engaged in the here and now. Not distracted or mentally absent. You are focused and engaged in the here and now. Not distracted or mentally absent. One of the main things that keeps us from being present for Our families and for the people around us and for even ourselves during the holidays is the last part of that. It's the mentally absent. You're focused when you're present, you're engaged in the here and now and not distracted or mentally absent. And I should say that today did not come without distractions. and I at one point I was like <laughs> it becomes laughable because when you y'all don't know what I knew which is that we we're going to talk today about distractions so I was like this is hilarious that this is happening because there were so many distractions y'all saw I don't know if you did my my almost teenager brought me my stuff up to the stage because my husband's not here because he doesn't feel well and that's a distraction and my daughter got sick yesterday and that's a distraction and there are several people who if you're not in the room you can't tell are missing people who are normally here because they're not feeling well and that's a distraction and then there's like the sound, and it was just so many things, and I don't call it forward to give it a platform, but I call it forward to say, that's hilarious, (laughs) because right now, (laughs) we're going to talk about being present, which means you're focused and engaged in the here and now, not distracted or mentally absent. So, um, one of the things that makes it really difficult for us to not be mentally absent is the fact that we have so many thoughts. So if we could think about today and put it into a more narrow focus, there's a lot going on, your job and bills and all, all these external things. That's not the focus for today. When we're talking about being present, we're going to specifically focus on our thoughts the things that run through our mind, even in when we're still, that keep us from being present and focused and engaged in the here and now, okay? You guys are really focused. Like, I wish you could see, like, what I, like, you guys are, like, students who are, like, taking notes. I, I mean, it's good. Stay there. Um, so you guys are really dialing in. So we're going to specifically think about thoughts. And I am someone who has a lot of thoughts. I think I have more than the average person, but I'll just say that I I definitely have a lot of thoughts. But I'm not alone. So I did some research, and there's actually competing research. So I was like, how many thoughts does the average person have in a day? And there's competing research. So some science says that the human mind has upwards of 6,000 thoughts per day. 6,000 thoughts per day. Other research suggests that we have about 10 times that number. It's about 60,000 thoughts per day. So one school of thought says 6,000. One says about 60,000. They haven't come to a meeting of the mind yet. They're still thinking about it. (laughs) They're still thinking about how many thoughts we're thinking. Um, So there's no definitive answer. But let's just go with the lower number. And let's say that we have 6,000 thoughts per day. That's a lot of thoughts per day. This is where the science is aligned. So, of the thoughts that we have every day, science is aligned that 90% of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts. So, I need to put gas in my car. I need to put gas in my car. I need to put gas in my car. God, I gotta get groceries. I gotta get groceries. I gotta get groceries. Uh, oh, my head hurts. My head hurts. My head. Like, so it, it's it's like repetitive thoughts. I need a new tire. I need a new tire. I need a new tire. Like, so the, like, it's, it's like repetitive thoughts. What's for dinner, what's for dinner, what's for dinner? I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Like, it's 90% of our thoughts are repetitive thoughts. They're also aligned to say that of all the thoughts we have, we have more negative thoughts than we do positive thoughts. So they haven't drilled down to say how many thoughts are negative, but of all those thousands of thoughts that we have, 90% are, are repetitive, Gotta get gas, gotta get gas, gotta get gas. What's for dinner? I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Where are the kids? Where are the kids? Are the kids? What time is it? What time is like that? Those thoughts. And then the thoughts that we have, most of them are negative and not positive. So I thought that was interesting. And I would say I agree with it because I do have a lot of thoughts of, okay. We're gonna do what we're gonna do. Need to lose weight, need to lose weight, need to eat, need to eat. Need to, like I do have a lot of thoughts like that. And then I also agree with most of them being negative. So I told you my um my two of my favorite people, my husband and my daughter, um, got sick this weekend. And as soon as the fevers came, I was like, There goes Christmas. It's like there goes Christmas. We're gonna be sick for Christmas. Now keep in mind. <laughs> We're like two weeks out from Christmas, right? But immediately I was like, they're going to be sick for Christmas. We're not going to be able to do the family gift exchange. They're going to like, it's just like where your mind mentally goes. I will tell you that somebody who I love was late this morning and a couple of us, our thoughts went to, oh my God, they're on the side of the road. What happened? We can't. They're not answering the phones, and like, I oh, they're not dead. Are they dead? Like, what happened? Maybe there's a car accident. Like, that is just like how our minds went. And they came in smiling. <laughs> we were like, Jesus, I'm glad you're okay. We thought you were dead on the side of the road or something. Um, I'm laughing, but that's like how our thoughts work, like they they tend to be more negative than they are positive, and of course they're repetitive. And then I wanna ask, um, cause I was thinking, um, I wonder of the 90% that are repetitive, I imagine that most of them are repetitive negative thoughts then, right? We're just having a conversation today, right? So if 90% of the thoughts are repetitive and majority of the thoughts are negative, then I would imagine that, of my thoughts are repetitive and negative. So then, as God was walking me through this and we were thinking, he was talking to me about the need to be present, the reason why I'm struggling to be present and the reason why you're struggling to be present is because we have these repetitive negative thoughts that are accompanying us throughout the day that are making it very difficult for us to be present, even when moments are positive, because we've got these repetitive negative thoughts all day long. So, all that to say, we've got solution. The solution is found in today's scripture focus. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to read one verse, only one verse. Pastor Wanzel, if you're listening now or later, you'll be really proud of me because I didn't inundate your people with a bunch of verses. There's only one verse today, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, and this is our solution. Now, here's the thing before I spend time on this. I'm still going to do it whether you agree or not, but this is only going to prove to be a solution if you do what God is saying to do today. So if you lean into this and you're like, yes, I've just been so distracted mentally and physically in my mind, my mind's everywhere, my thoughts. And so she's right, those repetitive negative thoughts. And I just, and it's the holiday time. I can't enjoy my kids. And my if you're there, but you're not going to be willing to do what we say here, then the solution will have been provided. You just didn't take it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, I'll read it, NIV translation. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. For context, the Apostle Paul was speaking to the church in Corinth at this point in Scripture, and right in the verses up before this, he was talking about how we have these, um, we don't war as the world does, and we have these spiritual um, weapons of warfare, and they're mighty, and they can pull down strongholds, and he was basically talking to them about like spiritual like vibranium. He's like, we have these weapons that, when they are met with anybody else's tactics, they just like they shred it. Like that, he that's what he was talking about, right? It's like spiritual vibranium, but like on like some heavenly stuff, like just spiritual vibranium type weapons that can tear down anything and and, and demolish strongholds, and. I won't spend time there, but I wonder if we actually believe that we have this spiritual vibranium-like weapons, that we wouldn't be living these lives that are so defeated, and we wouldn't be so defeated in our minds and in our finances and in our physical bodies because we would actually believe what the scripture says. But that's another message for another day. So that's all what he's talking about. And then he gets to the verse 5 and says, Demolishing the arguments and taking captive the thoughts. So y'all still with me? Okay. So let's unpack the first part of verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I'm going to give you guys some definitions. You don't have to write them down, but it's going to make sense. Argument, an exchange of diverging or opposite views, typically a heated or angry one. A pretense, an attempt to make something that is not the case appear true. A pretension. A claim or assertion of, of, or a claim to something. So, what he was saying is, we demolish every diverging and opposing view, typically a heated or angry one, and every claim that seeks to be true that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. I say it again we demolish. Every diverging or opposing view and everything that claims to be true or sets itself up to be true, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That is how we start to be more present for the holidays. That is how we, and beyond, that is how we start to um, be here in the present, in the here and now. That's how we start because we start to take, um, all those arguments and all those things that claim to be that, that true, that are not true, that set themselves up against the knowledge of God, that, that's, that's what we're doing here today. Here's the thing about that, and I want to make sure I spend a little bit of time just, just to make sure that I don't set you up for the okie do. You can't demolish an argument against something that sets itself up against the knowledge of God if you don't have knowledge of God. Right. So there is an assumption there that you have the knowledge of God so that when these thoughts, thousands of thoughts that come into your mind, when they flood your news feed of your mind, that you can capture them and say that that's divergent to God and that opposes God and that's setting itself up to be a claim against the knowledge of God. Like you, the assumption is that you actually know God. Because if you don't have knowledge of God, then when all of those thousands of thoughts come into your head, you don't have a place to be able to say, oh, that's divergent to God. That's an opposing view of God. That's not like God. That is in opposition to God. That is claiming to be true and it's not. Because God's like you, you don't have a point of reference. You don't have a baseline if you don't have knowledge of God. As God was talking to me about it, he, told, he reminded me of when my husband and I leave the kids home, and now we can leave the kids home because they're a little bit older. We, I say, be kind, be safe, behave. Every time I leave, I say, be kind, be safe, behave. And I say that with the assumption that you understand kindness, and you understand safety, and you know what good behavior is. So, then that way, when somebody of y'all trio starts to not be kind, you'll be able to call it out because you know what kindness is and you know what good behavior is and you know what it is to be safe. We are a people who are missing the knowledge of God and wondering why we are struggling in our thought life because you don't have a place to be able to war against, like he was talking about in the verses before. You don't have a a concrete enough understanding of what and who God is to be able to tell those thoughts that are coming into your mind, that's not my thought, that's opposing to God. So that would be the first thing to do is you have to be able to get that, not really is not a point, but you have to have that baseline of who God is. The first point that I have, though, um, in making sure that we can be present for the holidays is, number one, I have to... Flood my news feed with the truth, God's truth. So write that note. I have to flood my news feed and think about this news feed here. I'm pointing at my head. You can also flood your Instagram, but it's not helpful if you don't flood it up here. If you just post like the weekly scripture or you you copy and lift and shift the Bible verse, the version thing on your thing, that's nice. But I mean up here. I have to flood my news feed with the truth. Put in parentheses, God's truth. And I have to put it into parentheses because I hang out with people, just like y'all hang out with people. And people are living in their truth, and they're got their truth, and they're getting real clear about their truth, and that's not what I'm talking about. You have to flood your newsfeed, your mind with God's truth, the truth, God's truth. Emphasis on the flood. Because the flood is not a trickle. And y'all live in Florida, and we've been through a few storms here recently, specifically um, Hurricane Ian. What was most notable about the hurricane was the floodwaters. And it so flooded homes and businesses and places that there was so much water that it went into places unexpectedly, places that it wouldn't normally be because there was so much of it. We have to so flood ourselves with the truth of God's word that it goes into places that it's not expected to be and that it's not normally, and it takes it over because there's so much of it. That's, that's what I'm talking about. So, like, when you leave here, if you're like, you're right, you're right, I'm just going to focus on the truth, and we got the word of truth in the church, and that was good. And that's the last truth that you get into next Sunday. You didn't flood. You didn't even, like, trickle. That didn't, you didn't make it rain. You didn't do anything with that. Like that, that, that's, that is, that, that's good. And please keep coming. That's the ones that are going to keep coming. (laughs) Please keep coming. But that's not flooding. That is just like, that would be like a, like a glass of water of the truth. The flooding of the truth is just this constant pouring in of the truth. It has to get to the point where it just doesn't even maybe make sense. Like you go to sleep with the word just playing in your room. And you're sleeping and that's okay, but it just needs to just flood in. And as I'm going about the day just cleaning the dishes, I'm just I have the word going cuz I just need to, I just need it to flood. I need it to come in like a flood. And you might say to yourself, "Okay, well how is that helpful if you're not physically reading it?" I I, I want I'm going to physically read it. I'm going to that I'm going to set apart time to quality time to physically read it. But then when I'm not doing that, I just need the flood. I just need it to be flooding in my mind and in my house and in my car. I just need a flood of the truth of God's word. A flood. Because that's going to help me and it's going to help you be more present. It's going to help us be able to have so much, um, so much truth that when the, these other thoughts come that are opposing, we have a place to be able to say that's not what that says. Because I've flooded myself with the truth. So that was the first point. I need to flood my news feed. You can even put in parentheses my mind with the truth, God's word. I will also say as a part of the exercise of flooding, do the honest assessment of unpacking what is currently in your news feed. So when you want to flood something, you have to make room for it most oftentimes. Um, I don't know if, and I've heard Pastor Wenzel say this before and Joyce Myers and a few other great people say, like, do you think about what you're thinking about? I don't know if we take inventory to even know what we're already thinking about. I would just say as a a twofer, as you're flooding yourself with the truth of God's word, it would be important to also identify what um, things are currently in your newsfeed so that you can have some conversation with God about that as well. So, for example, um, because it's always going to be a competition, God's word and what what you have going on. But there might be some things that we had a whole turn down the noise series. There might be some things that are counterproductive to your flood. So you, you start the flood process and you're like, I'm doing it. I'm doing what they said. I'm doing it and I'm listening to it and I'm reading it and I'm taking it in. But there might be things that are competing with it and making it difficult to be able to take root, if that makes sense. I'm trying to help you. That's why I'm being very practical and having conversation with you, because I want to make sure that when you leave here, that you can actually, you and me, me too, can be present for the holidays. So also think about the things that get a lot of play in your mind. And for some of you, you're like, well, I don't really think about anything nefarious. I don't think about, you know, drugs or stripping or I don't, or pornography or, you know, every, you know, we always go real big. I'm not a stripper. I don't like it's like it's everything that's not you that's like really grand. I know you I know, we know. We know you're gainfully employed and all that. But the point is you can still have thoughts that are counterproductive to the flood. So, you may not think about sinful things per se, but you are like an ESPN sports historian unpaid, like you know all of the stats of everything that happened in every championship going back to the Jordan days, but you don't have the knowledge of God. You know all of the Jordan series shoes. I don't know them, but I know people who do, the ones, the twos, the threes, and all of that, but you don't have the knowledge of God. You know everything that's happened in the world. You know the latest thing that Kanye posted. You know everything, but you don't have the knowledge of God. So in this exercise to make sure that we are flooding ourselves with the word of God, it would also be very prudent of all of us to see what have we been flooding our news feed with so that we can make some adjustments. So, like, um, I'm that person. I'm not saying this to you guys. Like, there are days where I like sports. Um, I've never played sports. <laughs> I think it's like I, I don't, I don't, I don't play them. Um, never played them, but I like, I, I like competition. Um, I'll leave that there. I like competition. <laughs> Um, but there are days where, like, I get up and I'm exercising, I'm listening to, there's a show, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, I'm listening to that. And then I go and I get in the car, I'm listening to Get Up. And if I get a break at work, I'm listening to First Take. And it's like, I, I love these things. However, there are some days guys, like, well, okay, like, but, but, like, of that. And I'm like, I, I, met, I spent time with God this morning. It's like 20 minutes I spent with him this morning. But do, like, the ratio, so I got 20 minutes, and they were quality. But you got an hour of this show, two hours of this show. Then you baked in this. Then you went and checked your fantasy football. Then you went. It's like, okay, so that's what God is asking us to do. And He's only asking you or me to do it if you really want to be present. Because it's one thing to sit and say, God, I'm so just distracted. I have so many things going on in my mind. I have so many thoughts. I have, and and all of that is reasonable. But if you want to be able to Slow down the pace a bit and be able to make sure that you're thinking what you need to be thinking so that you can be present how you need to be present. This is the exercise, okay? So that's the first part. Second part, and I shouldn't be before you too much longer unless God says otherwise. Um, We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Emphasis on the make it obedient to Christ. So the second thing I have to do to be more present for the holidays is I have to purge my news feed. I have to purge some of the thoughts that are in my mind. To purge means to rid someone or something of an unwanted quality condition or feeling. It is not enough to say okay, I want to be more present. I understand that we're two weeks out from Christmas, and I've been ripping and running, and even when I'm in the still of, a, of the living room, I'm still going, I'm still thinking about what needs to be done and who needs to do it, and I'm still thinking about it. Like, it's not enough to say that I want to be more mentally present. You have to actually do something. This is the part where we usually use, lose the crowd. Because... It's not enough to say it, you have to actually do something. It's the second part of it that says you have to take, take the thought and make it, make it obedient to the mind of Christ. So as I was talking through this, God was just being God. And he was like, you know, we are in a day, y'all are in a day, his days are timeless. But we're in a day where we have a culture of talk and no action. Like, that's just kind of, like, that's kind of normative at, at, at this point. And I know it because make note of all the people who wear athletic clothes but don't exercise. It's, it's called leisure wear. I mean, make note Make note of all the people who post about lives they don't have. Like, I'm saying it, and it is to be comical, but it also is to hopefully bring, like, truth via comedy. That, like, we are in a place right now where we major on the appearance and minor on the do. And that has, like, seeped into our walk with God because we major on the appearance and mine are on the do, and I think the scripture even said that the, at, in the end times that people have a form of godliness but deny its power. Like there is a propensity that we have to talk about doing something but not ac- actually do it. I don't want us to walk out of here talking about I'm going. I just need to guard my mind, and I just need to protect my energy. And she is. She was right. I just need to make sure that you know I'm gonna be present for my kids and my husband and my family. And this holiday, I'm gonna make sure that I am, you know, listening to Christmas music and I am here and the here and now. I don't, I don't want you to just go out with like this, this thought and expectation in this talk. I want you maybe to actually do it when you leave here. So that is why the second part of this is extremely important. So you're able to first identify what are the thoughts that are in contradiction or opposing to the knowledge of God that you're having. Of those 6,000, maybe even 60,000 thoughts that you're having, you're able to start to, like, think about that first part as, like, the filtering process. Right? You're able to filter. The second part is now the taking it captive and making it obedient to Christ. This is the active part. So captive in the Greek. I'm going to do my best. Um, the word is aik malotizo." Ek malotizo. When I pressed on my phone and made it say it, that's how it said it. Ek malotizo," which means to lead away, take captive. Metaphorically used to mean taking captive of thoughts, but in this taking a captive of thoughts, it's not a um, it's not a dainty or a light thing because "ike" may. Which is the root of "ike means spear. So when the Greek word was brought forward to talk about taking captive the thoughts, it wasn't like I think we do probably a good job of like shooing away at thoughts like that's not my thought. Uh, I don't like that thought. Or Ugh, I don't want to like we like that. That's like a, we do probably good like with the this, but think about like. I'll use another Wakanda reference, spear, right? Like think about like something strong, like I'm not going to my thought, I'm going to my thought, you know, it's like, it is a very, it's it's an aggression and it's a very different process than this. It's like the thought. And then when I do this, I make it captive. I make it obedient to the mind of Christ. Obedience in the Greek is hupaka'e, hupaka'e. Within the context of the scripture, it means the obedience of one who conforms his conduct to God's commands, absolutely. So I take captive my thought, and then I hupaka'e the thought, and make it obey my God, absolutely, absolutely. I make it conform to the conduct of God and his commands, absolutely. And if I had more creativity, I would have come up with some type of visual, like Pastor Wanzell, because he has the best visuals. But just visualize with me, please, just for a moment, and we're getting ready to come to a close soon here, what God is asking of you in the spirit to do with the thoughts. So after you filter them and after you have understood that maybe there's some things that I'm inviting into my news feed that just don't have a place or they're just too pervasive, and I need to get rid of those or just adjust that. Now these thoughts that come in. So go back to the thoughts of your daughter sick. I wonder if this is going to ruin Christmas. I take captive that thought. Right? And then I make it obey the command of God, which says that by His stripes we are healed, and that with long life He will satisfy me. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm, and that's why the first part of what I was saying was so important. Because if you don't have a knowledge of God, one, you can't know what thoughts are in opposition. But then two, you don't have anything to pukaka aid the thoughts to because you don't know what to make them obey. So like when. You hear the thought, and I've heard this thought, and it's usually a repetitive one, like, you're just worthless, or you're just not enough. I, hupaka'e, that thought. I tell that thought that the scripture says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, so that can't be true. And I remember it was, the, he, it was said to Jeremiah, and I, I believe it applies to me as well, that before your mother formed you in the womb, I knew you and I set you apart for greatness. And then I know that he also said that he hides treasures in earth and vessels, so that can't be true. Like So that, that's what I'm saying. It's not just a, oh, no, I'm not. I'm good enough. It's not It's not going and getting. I even got a, um. y'all know those My Intent bracelets? You can put like a word on it. I have one, and it says you are enough, and that's cute. But it's not enough when it comes to that thought process. It's a nice reminder, and it's really cute. It goes well with clothing. It's a nice accessory. But when I need to be able to address the thought that says I'm not enough, I have to be able to Make it captive. Take it captive. Make it make it obey a command or a truth of God. Y'all see the difference? I feel like this is gonna help someone. It's helped me. I don't. Um, and you can you can come forward. We're getting ready to close. I. Didn't have a more seamless way to do that. Um, <laughs> I don't want this message to be missed on us um, because I do really feel like this was by design that we're talking about this today. Because I have to believe that I'm not alone in a group of people who are just struggling to be present. And I'm saying be present for the holidays because we're in the holiday season and it's the most wonderful time of the year. But is it like I'm I'm I'm, I'd like to believe that there are people in this room who are like me who are at a place where you're like, I just have to the conditions around me aren't going to change. And I'm continuing to wait for them to change and they're just not. There is a centered with God, that I have to be in the midst of what might what might not ever change. I think about like the turbulent years that the Bible talks about, and I feel like we're like believers, like like putting faith and hope on like the tur- like the turbulence is here and it's going to continue. And I just think about being on a plane with turbulence and like there's nothing you can do but just like lock in and say it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay, and you have to, like just breathe through it. I am someone who has face panic attacks, and there's nothing that you can do other than say, the blood of Jesus, I'm okay, I'm okay, I can breathe, I can breathe, I can breathe, the blood of Jesus. Like, there is just a stillness that you have to be able to get to be able to be present. And I just want to believe that this is going to help somebody be present this holiday season and beyond. And I also don't couple things. One, turbulence is here and it's not going away. But then two, as I said earlier, and it's so many other people said, like, it's just days aren't promised. So what so what if this is your last day? And what if all of your six thousand or sixty thousand thoughts were just like I gotta lose weight. Gotta get gas. Got my head hurts. Like what, what if that like what a waste. So, if, would you stand to your feet? I believe that this was God coming in the room and, in the midst of all the distraction, stilling his people to be able to say, if things get better for whatever you're dealing with, great. And if things don't get better, great because I have given you exactly what you need to be able to be present and focused here in the here and now, and to not be mentally distracted in the midst of everything going on. And when the scripture said that in this world we would have trouble but take, take heart because he's overcome the world, I think that we miss the fact that we have these tools that set us apart from everyone else, and we don't use them. I feel like this was God coming into the room and saying, use your tools. Use the stuff I gave you. The people on your job, they don't have this stuff. Share it with them but you you first use the tools that I've given you. I've given you the instruction on how to make sure that your mind can stay at ease. And I've given you the instruction to make sure that you can you can be at ease. And I've given you the instruction to make sure that you can enjoy time with your families even in the midst of sorrow and you can enjoy time with yourself even even in the midst of confusion. Like I like use your tools is the instruction for today. And be honest with yourself because some of us have a love-hate relationship with our negative, repetitive thoughts. And we don't like them. That's why we, we you know, yes. But they're so familiar that we don't make them leave either. And today, the ask is that you decide do what the scripture says and i'm going to go back to it really quickly and read it for you before i pray second corinthians 10 and 5 we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to christ we demolish everything that is divergent and opposing to God and every pretension, everything that claims to be true and sets itself up as true against God. And we take those thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.